So today we are joined by a very special guest, Michael Champagne. Uh, Michael is the organizer of AO Aboriginal Youth Opportunities Movement. Uh, he's the host of Inner, Cine- Inner City Voices and an MC for the North End of Winnipeg. Welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me and the other AO Rowdies that are in studio yes, with us. Yes, yes, thanks for coming. <laughs> um, today's show is all about Canada's 150th birthday. There are a few different perspectives that Canada can be viewed from, so I wanted to have you on the show to get your perspective. What do you think of when you hear Canada's 150th? What do I think of? I think of government priority. Interesting. Can you expand on that? Well, it has appeared for the last year, and it looks like it's going to be into the foreseeable future, that the government of Canada is really prioritizing the messaging of Canada 150. Um, To some people, it would be at the expense of meaningful work. Right. So I, like many others, may be naive when it comes to Canada's history preceding the 150 years that we're learning about in school often and and that we're celebrating this year. Um, I've read a few articles and commentaries talking about the resistance to Canada 150, so much so that hashtag resistance 150 has become fairly prominent. What do you think this, uh, how this movement came to be? Well, I think um, there are a few elements to my understanding of Resistance 150. I know that it is, um, there is a very strong uh, presence within First Nations, Métis, and Inuit circles that Canada 150 is a celebration of colonization. And um, as many of us know from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and their calls to action, uh, for many of those 150 years, Indian residential schools were operating in Canada, deliberately separating Indigenous children from their families and their home communities. Uh, It continues to this day, especially here in Manitoba, under the uh, child welfare system. Mm -hmm. And um, what this, and also if we take a look at health outcomes for Indigenous peoples in Canada, um, we see Indigenous youth suicide crisis. We see many communities that uh, are under boil water advisories. Uh, We see many communities that um, uh, infant mortality and, and general health of communities is extremely poor, um, which leaves many of those communities and, and the relatives of those people asking the question, what exactly is it that we are celebrating? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people will know that a little over a year ago, the uh, Canadian Human Rights Tribunal ruled uh, in favor of the First Nations Caring Society, uh, Cindy Blackstock and uh, the movement to uh, honor um, Indigenous children and, and, and provide equitable services for First Nations kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as of uh, Aboriginal Day, uh, the 21st, uh, it was 510 days of inaction from this government from the time it said, from the time the tribunal said, you need to stop underfunding child welfare supports for children. Um, so that's 510 days plus the distance in between of the government saying, we love indigenous peoples, we want to help indigenous peoples. Meanwhile, um, there's literally a human rights tribunal on the table here Mm -hmm. where the government is not acting. So this leaves many indigenous people asking the question, what exactly is it we are celebrating? And and what is a priority to Mm -hmm. Canada? Because right now, this celebration is a priority 
and uh, equitable services for indigenous children is not a priority. So many, many of us are not going to be engaging in Canada 150 uh, or celebrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, on that day, we will be reminding uh, Canadians and all those who choose to engage in Canada 150 that we are still here and that our children's lives matter uh, even more than fireworks. That's great. Yeah, I love that. And uh, you're obviously a great speaker. You're a leader in the Indigenous community, especially to youth. Um, Have you seen any conflict from Indigenous people who are choosing to celebrate Canada 150? Well, there's definitely uh, many uh, First Nations, Métis, and Inuit folks who are engaging in Canada 150 signature events and activities. Myself uh, included, I spoke at Pemina Trail School Division recently on Mm -hmm. Canada 150, and one of the things that I really wanted to remind the 15,000 students who were at Investors Group Field for that event was that uh, as much as this is a celebration, um, my message was that we all have a, a responsibility. And we all need to fulfill our responsibility. There is this identity that is being uh, celebrated right now of Canada as nice. Canada as peacekeeping. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't feel peaceful when the government continues to separate Indigenous peoples from their lands or Indigenous children from their families. Um, there's also no cause uh, for celebration when we uh, look at situations such as Jordan's Principle, where provincial and federal governments are continuously uh, fighting over who has to pay for health care services for indigenous kids. And unfortunately, indigenous children die while that argument is happening because they aren't able to access the necessary health services. Mm-hmm. So um, if we're going to be honest about who Canada is, is it nice that indigenous children are dying because governments are squabbling over who's got the bill? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um, If some communities choose not to celebrate events like Canada 150 and then others are not reaching out to learn from the Indigenous perspective, will true reconciliation be able to take place in the near future? Well, I think um, true reconciliation is a beautiful goal for us to be working on together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think um, in order for uh, true reconciliation to become reality, the, your actions and your policies and your dollars need to follow where your narrative is going. Mm-hmm. And right now we hear things from our prime minister like, uh, my relationship with the indigenous people is the most important relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for him to say, but in terms of his, uh, his actions, uh, as I mentioned, there are still too many boil water advisories, there are stu- still too many indigenous uh, young people that are en- taking their own lives, and there's still way too many uh, poor health outcomes in First Nations uh, families. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's frustrating to hear that narrative and for people to say, look at all the great things that have happened in Canada when uh, we could have taken at least a couple of the millions that is being put into Canada. I don't know if you guys I talked yet about how many million it is. Do you guys know? I don't know the actual I don't, numbers. Uh, I don't know the actual number myself. I know it's in the millions. But let's, let's hypothetically say we take a chunk of that millions mm-hmm. of dollars that is going towards Canada 150 and we, I don't know, implement the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. That, to me, would be something to celebrate. Difference, yeah. That would make a difference. Yeah. And looking forward 150 years, how can we align ourselves so everyone can celebrate Canada together? Um, I think as much as... As difficult as this may be for people to comprehend, um, I think that this is the truth. 
the challenges and the systems, uh, the situations that have led to the poor health outcomes that Indigenous kids and families are facing um, are a result of systemic uh, neglect or systemic uh, intentions. Uh, perhaps the intentions were good, the impacts were not. Mm -hmm. So um, the only way that I know how to fix this is for us to quit saying that our solutions that we need are complex solutions. The problems and the systems are complex, yes. The solutions are actually quite simple. You need water, you need food. You need love, you need safety. Boom. Do you know what indigenous people need? Mm -hmm. All of those things. Mm -hmm. And when my relatives in Shamatawa have the same access that you do to those things, then I will gladly sit down in a circle, sing Kumbaya, and say thank you, Canada, for what you've done yeah. to promote equitable treatment of Indigenous peoples in this country. It seems as if now your uh, money is where your mouth is. How, how can the average Joe start working, on, working toward that reconciliation? Like how, can, how can somebody like me start to make a difference? Well, what I always like to point to is I like to point to the grassroots. Mm -hmm. I like to point to uh, what I'm often referring to as the village, urban indigenous volunteer-led initiatives. Initiatives such as, of course, Aboriginal Youth Opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, Meet Me at the Bell Tower, but also uh, initiatives like Drag the Red that bring closure for our missing and murdered indigenous women uh, families. Mm -hmm. um, initiatives like Got Bannock that provide food and respect to our relatives on the street who are experiencing homelessness. Um, there are an ample amount of opportunities for citizens of Winnipeg and Canada to uh, build a relationship with the first peoples of their territory. And I would hope that anybody listening who is asking themselves, what can I do in Winnipeg we are extremely organized as an Indigenous community, and mm -hmm. so there are weekly opportunities every single week for you to help us with the initiatives that I mentioned and many more. Um, so the best thing that I can say for individuals to help with reconciliation is to uh, build a meaningful relationship with the First Peoples in your territory and lean on that relationship to help dictate which actions you take. Because the action, I, I can't give a blanket statement right now to say step one, step two, step three. This right. is what I want Canadians to do. Right. Um, but I can tell you step one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Step one is build that relationship with the first peoples in your community and ask the question, what can I do to help? Uh, don't show up and say, I have the answer. This is what you do. Uh, don't uh, approach uh, uh, an indigenous community group or, or a First Nations uh, person and say, I have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Because we've heard it before. And clearly, no one has had any of the answers, despite all of the people who said that they did. Yeah. So, so please don't say that. But if you approach it as a human being and, and you say, hey, I'm, I'm sincere mm -hmm. about this, I promise you, uh, the individuals that are also sincere in the Indigenous community about reconciliation will treat you with one of our foundational teachings. And that teaching is the teaching of kindness, where we have to understand... Um, and appreciate that not everybody is privileged to grow up with uh, First Nations teachings in their life. And, and maybe, uh, you know, the, some of the teachings that we have within our community, like the respect for the land, like the priority uh, for our families, like respecting our knowledge keepers and elders. Um, I truly believe that those 
values within Indigenous circles are values that Canadians could embrace as well. Um, but it's only going to happen if we build a relationship, and it has to be a, a relationship that honors and respects reciprocity. Uh, reciprocity meaning if you want to come and help me out with something, that's fine and good, mm -hmm. but I certainly hope you're making space in your life for me to help you out with something as well because uh, we ain't charity cases. We have a lot to give, mm -hmm. and uh, I can at least speak on behalf of many of the young people that I've been able to connect with. Uh, we're educated, uh, we're active, and our example is our message. So we need all the helpers we can get um, to help address some of the inequities we've discussed here today. Amazing. Love it. Um, I think this was such a, a much-needed conversation, very important thing to talk about. Um, I'm really happy that you could come down today. Thank you so much for being here, Michael. Thank and you. And the rest of you. Yes, thank you for walking <laughs> us into coming. your studio. Mm -hmm.